We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. Revelations chapter 21, verse 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, Look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people's. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no mourning, no mourning, crying, or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making all things new. He also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, All is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will freely give water from the life-giving spring. Those who emerge victorious will inherit these things. I will be their God, and they will be my sons and daughters. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the past two weeks, we've been in this series in Houston as it is in heaven. You may recognize that phrasing. It comes from kind of a famous prayer. It's kind of the prayer. Like when the disciples said to Jesus, how should we pray? He said, pray like this right? On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And when he taught this, it wasn't just lofty words. It was like, pray that the kingdom of God would come right now because spoiler alert, Jesus is here. The kingdom of God is here right now. And I'm going to do a good work here while I'm on earth. But then I'm going to go away and I'm going to give you the work to do. So continue to pray on earth as it is in heaven. And in our uh, sort of main campus over there in Westheimer, we are rolling out a strategic plan for the next three years of what big St. Luke's, the larger St. Luke's family, this is our Westheimer campus, our Branches campus, and our Gethsemane campus where I preach on Sundays now. All of us, we are going to be leaning in to this plan that we've discerned, gosh, over a year, but it's all pointed toward in Houston as it is in heaven. In Houston as it is in heaven. Houston has been circled for us on the map. This is where God has us. So today, if you were here last week, you heard Colin close the service with like, good luck, Michelle, you get to preach from Revelation. (laughs) I was like, challenge accepted. When you get home, you can read what verse eight says. We purposefully did not read verse eight. It's a little bit of hellfire and brimstone. And I think that sermon's been preached a lot here in America. So we're gonna focus on the good and know that there's some, some tough stuff as well, right? But here in this passage, we are seeing, um, we are seeing the end of this massive revelation. When I was in college, I first read the book of Revelation with my college ministry, and I was like, um, 
this apostle who's having this vision sound like a bad trip to me. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, uh, I had a, uh, let's just say I have a shady past in the, in college. I was like, this is a, this is in the Bible, monsters with eyes and things, but this is the end of it. And you know, there's kind of this belief, um, in the world out there that like, uh, I'm going to use the PG version of this phrase, but I'm sure you've heard the non-PG version. You know, life stinks and then you die. And as Christians, we kind of, we kind of baptize that phrase and we're like, life stinks and then you die, but you go to heaven. But that's not what this passage shows us at all. In fact, this passage says heaven comes here. The new Jerusalem comes here. And so today, as we journey in this sermon together, I want you to be asking yourself, what if we acted as if heaven was coming? What would that mean for how we lived and moved in the world? That this place here matters. That the people next to us really, really matter. That, um, that like mom's gonna come home at the end of the day and she's gonna say, did you do the, the list of chores I gave you? That's not really a great picture for Jesus, right? <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. When I was home, uh, I w- my mother was a working mother and I was home all day by myself and she'd leave me a list and right around like 4.45, I'd be like, oh yeah, there's a list. We're gonna do, our, we're gonna do our, the work we've been charged with before that, right? So in kingdom, I, I wanna talk about these, this service overview, um, the series overview. You know, the first week, Colin said um, and preached about how the kingdom of God is already here. Through the person of Jesus, the kingdom of God has already come. And so Jesus taught a lot about, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, this tiny little seed that will grow up and make this massive bush. The kingdom of God is like this tiny piece of leaven that um, when, it's, when it uh, is just added, it will make the whole batch of bread rise. The kingdom of God is already here, but there's in-breaking moments of it. And so then last week, Colin talked about how the kingdom of God is a person. The kingdom of God is found within us. And it's found in those moments where we are serving others, where we are moving toward those in need. That scripture passage was hard to hear. And a lot of people last week wanted to focus on the sheep and the goats. Am I a sheep? Am I a goat? But that misses the point. The big piece, the climax of that scripture is, Jesus says, I, I don't know you because you didn't visit me when I was in prison. I don't recognize your voice because when I was hungry, you didn't give me something to eat. When I was naked, you didn't clothe me. Like if we wanna move toward Jesus, we are moving toward people in need. Those glimpses of the kingdom come to us in those spaces. And so today we're gonna talk about how at the end of all times, we're not gonna get raptured up. We don't get like an eject button. In fact, 
the new Jerusalem will come here. Everything will be made new. God says, see, I am making all things new. So it's not just, yeah, life stinks and then you die, but you get to go to heaven. It's like, we're gonna stay here. We're gonna be here. Everything will be redeemed. That's a twist on those, those novels. What were the novels? Left Behind. Left Behind has taken over the world. We all, we all think, sometimes I go in the church and like no one's there and I'm like, did, did they get raptured? <laughs> did I get left here? I don't know. Maybe I'm a goat. So it's, it's a little different when we look at the end of Revelation. And it's, it's a little intimidating. It's a little scary because um, there's parts of this earth, you know, when we try to think about all the details, how that's going to look, there's parts of this world I'm not interested in, in keeping destruction and pain and all of that. The passage says there will be no more mourning there will be no more pain. See, God is coming to dwell with God's people. I will be their God. They will be my children. So I want to say this very simply. This world, when we look around, it's easy to think we're kind of in this downward spiral. But things are just getting worse and worse and worse. And there are uh, parts of our Christian family who are saying it's getting worse and it has to get worse before it gets better. They're part of us too, right? But it's easy for us then to live as if everything's just getting worse. And what kind of life is that? What kind, what kind of hope is that? You see, the passage says, I am the alpha and the omega. God says, I am the beginning, I am the end. And God is good. So that omega piece is not a downward spiral. That omega piece is not humanity circled the drain and God said, well, I better go rescue him now, right? It's good from beginning to end. When we look at the beginning of scripture, we go to the garden. It is a beautiful place. It's a place where all needs are provided for, where the communion of uh, the people there with God was one. It said that they walked in the cool of the day with God. And when something was off, God sensed it. And they surely did sense it because they hid, right? But when we look before the fall, there is nothing but beauty and creation and God creating order out of chaos. And, and God saying to the humans, like, I want, I'm giving you meaningful work here. I want you to be fruitful and multiply and enjoy this place. That's the alpha piece, right? And when we look at the Omega piece in chapter 22, I want to read you this piece too. In chapter 22, I mean, chapter 21 and 22 is all of the Omega piece. But 22, just a few verses, it said, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. This is after the Jerusalem came. 
bright as a crystal, flowing from the throne of God of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life. On either side of the river. How does that work? It's got those big roots. I don't know. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree, this part gets me, the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore. But the throne of God and of the lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. It begins in a garden and it will end in a garden, the river of the tree of life. It's easy to buy into that life stinks and then you die. It's easy. I get it. I'll tell you what, I love my job. I get to sit with people. It's the peopling. It's the people being people that I love about my job. During the pandemic, when we were just like producing online content, it was killing me. Oh, it was killing me. I mean, truly, I started like having, like, am I doing, is this, what is life? Was I a good person before this? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like existential crises. But then uh, we got to start meeting again. We got to start being with you. And you were in pain and we were in pain and we shared those stories. Do you know how amazing it is to get to sit at coffee and have someone say something about their life they've never actually said aloud to themselves? or to another human being. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, I'm confessing my sins to the pastor. It doesn't usually work that way. But it's more like, yeah, that really hurts. This part of my life hurts. This part of my life is painful. I don't know where to go after this. I've done things I'm ashamed of. I don't know how to stop doing X, Y, and Z. I don't know what is gonna happen with this diagnosis. I don't know where my kid is gonna go after this choice they made. That's like sacred ground that we get to share together. Love that part of my job. And I love being able to, in those moments, not pull out my Bible and be like, well, you know, in Revelation, it says, I won't do that, but I get to live this. I get to embody this. And sometimes I worry that I'm like naive. Like, hey y'all, it's all just gonna be fine. You're fine. You know who's on the throne. Platitudes. None of that is not true, right? But platitudes don't help. Instead, I get to embody this. We get to live this out. We get to act as if Pain doesn't have the final word. We get to act as if the Jesus of the gospels is still alive and still touching and still healing and still saying, yeah, this is hard and I'm right there, right there with you. 
this is hard and the church is here with you. Tell us what you need. Open your life up. Let us be the church for you. I don't want to be the, the, the platitude pastor. I want to be the pastor that says, all things are being made new. And there will be a day where there's no more tears, but we'll be in the tears right now together. There will be a day where there's no more pain, but we'll be in the pain together. There will be a day where there's no more questions of where are you, God? What is happening, God? There's destruction as far as the eye can see, God. There will be a day we don't have to ask those questions anymore. But right now, we're the ones who step into those moments. And we hold each other up when we need each other the most. It's not a downward spiral. So what does it look like to embody this message as the church? What does it look like to live as if the new Jerusalem is coming, that this whole place will be redeemed, that the people next to you, even the ones who are like the most annoying might be there with us, right? What does it look like to live as if the ark of the universe, like Dr. King said, the ark of the universe bends towards justice. What does it look like to live in that reality? I wonder if it looks like something we always talk about here at Branches. You know, we have those three core values, belonging, daring, and abiding. And I think this is the daring piece. To be so foolish that we would move toward people in poverty. To be so foolish that we would divest ourselves from our resources in a way that would eradicate poverty or hunger in the city of Houston. To be so foolish, to live as if this isn't just a vision, but that this is reality and think, how, how do we care for the creation that God gave us? That yeah, it's gonna be renewed, but what we do with it matters right now. To act as if every single word matters in the lives of other people because they've got stuff just like we've got stuff. What is it? mean to act as if Jesus is alive and well and working in our healthcare system, that there's healing happening there as well. Are there ways people can have access to that? Y'all gonna call me political, I'm sorry. If you wanna talk about it, send an email to cbagby <laughs> at stlukesmethodist.org. That's cbagby. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. We, we young pastors, we get a lot of that, like keep the politics out of the church. And I agree to an extent because it can be so polarizing and divisive and fragmenting and it plays on our resentments and our fears. But there's policies that we have adopted, little P policies, not like legislative big P policies, but little P policies that we've adopted in our hearts and in our homes that is the operating system where we move through the world and it's more aligned with the life sucks and then you die. Oh, I said it. Oh. It's sometimes those policies are aligned with that junk. 
instead of being aligned with, no, today I'm gonna act as if my behavior in traffic is bringing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think people are nice on the Houston roads, the inside roads, not the, out, not the big highways, but people kind of let each other in. Y'all are doing the Lord's work on the road. <laughs> this tailgating business, I don't know. But what does it mean to act as if you know, the way that we go about our day and the way the resources we choose to use up and the resources we choose to withhold from others, what does it mean to live as if we do have an abundant life that can be shared? And that yes, the, the, the new Jerusalem will come. All things are being made new, but all things are being made new because God is in us and we are in the world acting as if. I don't know if I'm supposed to be done. Does the yellow words mean I'm over? No. Oh, good. I'll leave you with this. It's a simple message, right? And it can sound naive. And this is a passage that can lend itself to those platitudes of like, everything's gonna be fine. It's all good. Let's just spiritual bypass all of the actual stuff that needs to be felt and all the stuff that needs to be done. But our faith is much deeper than platitudes. And our faith shows up in, in our real lives every day. What does it mean to act as if on Houston as it is, in Houston as it is in heaven, that's real for us. Friends, let's pray together. God, sometimes the world just is too much when we think about the stuff we see on social media, when we turn our eyes and our hearts to Syria and Turkey, when we turn our eyes and our hearts to the latest shooting in Michigan. God, when we turn our eyes and our hearts to maybe the brokenness within our neighborhood or in our own homes, we confess it's too much. And so in this moment, would you pour yourself out on us? Would you help us carry the load, carry our burdens, and would you help us do the work? Not be the savior of the world, but to act as if you are alive and well, you are at work, that the kingdom is here and that you are making all things new. Lord, we turn our hearts to you and I ask you to speak to each one of us. Show us where to go. Show us what's ours to do. In Houston as it is in heaven. Amen.